Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell. Here to recap the Thunder's 106-98 loss to the Golden State Warriors on Tuesday night at Paycom Center. Barry, this was another fun one. Back-to-back um, fun Thunder home games. Um, the Thunder led by 11 points at halftime. They shot 55% in the first half. They were whipping the ball around. The offense, which has been bad through the early goings of this season, was good in the first half. As you would kind of expect, um, the Warriors turned things around in the second half, finished the third quarter on a 17-2 run. Things were competitive in the fourth quarter, but the Thunder never retook the lead. Only one lead change in this one. The Thunder led throughout until the final minute of the third quarter. Um, And my biggest takeaway was Thunder fans gave the team a standing ovation after the game, which you don't always get after a loss, but I think... They realize that not every game is going to be close when you play well and it's close, um, sort of worthy of applause. In many ways, it was it was close to a perfect game for the Thunder. Um, you certainly didn't want to win. No reason to give, give Detroit the jump on you for the worst record. But you want to play well. You want to be competitive. You want your young guys to show promising signs. You want your superstar to snap out of his shooting slump. All those things happened tonight. I thought Giddy was really strong. He didn't shoot it well. Uh, but a bunch of good rebounds, some good playmaking. Uh, opened the game with stellar defense. Very encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, Poku came alive. Uh, yeah, Poku did some things in that first half, yeah. I thought. Yeah, and so I like that. Um, and then you got you got SGA, you know he he's he sort of outshot Steph Curry tonight. He threw up a couple of threes. He had no business, you know, step back stuff and covered in the corner and still rising up and hitting the shots. And I think he was four or five on three. Yeah, four, he hit that. I think that last one you're talking about cut it to ninety three eighty seven. It was a tough corner shot. But, yeah, that step back three, I don't think he's going to shoot 41% from three like he did last season just because the looks aren't going to be as easy. But he's shown the ability to make tough three-pointers like he did tonight. It was his, it was his best offensive game of the, of the season. Yeah, so all in all, I thought uh, a very good night and an entertaining night. I was entertained by this game. Uh, you didn't fall asleep. I did not fall asleep, <laughs> and uh, and I'm very sleepy because I'm uh, hadn't got caught up from the weekend. Yeah. So so I'm I'm you know I'm I thought it was by far the most encouraging, entertaining type game of the year. And so uh, you know I, I didn't really catch on after the game um, from the television broadcast um, about the standing ovation. So that's cool. Heard you ask about it in the post game. So that was cool. I tell you. Uh, one note, I don't know if it reached, you know, the court side there, but, you know, I missed the first six minutes of the third quarter. 
Yeah, what, what uh, the heck happened with the broadcast? Uh, technical difficulties is what uh, Bally says. Um, you know, they just they, they said it's the same as Fox, just a different designation, but uh, some of us are starting to wonder. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on is the quality of, of television production. Yeah. Could become, a, could become an issue as this season goes on and on. Yeah, I mean, that's just not... It's not good. You you want as many eyeballs on this team that are willing to watch them. So if the broadcast gets interrupted, that's that's no good for anybody. No good. No good. Um, Barry, w- one of the uh, things that stood out today, Jeremiah Robinson Earl gets the first start of his career. Um, we've seen him start a game now. We've seen Isaiah Roby start a game. We've seen Derek Favors start two games. Favors did not play tonight. Uh, he was out due to a rest designation, which is going to be the norm for him on at least one night of every back-to-back. And the Thunder plays against the Lakers on, on Wednesday night. So Favors out, Robinson Earl in immediately gives the Thunder a different look. I don't want to. I don't want to put too much into a one-game sample of him with that starting lineup. But there was more spacing. There was more room for Shea to operate. Same. Same goes with Giddy. Robinson Earl is willing to shoot that three-point shot, um, and he's just a good facilitator offensively. So there's just a lot of things I liked about him in the starting five. Yeah, I thought he played very well. And watching, you know, I've been worried about his size and those kinds of things and the long-term future of, a, of an undersized center. But he actually was he, – he played tonight against a guy that – can give you the template you know uh kevon looney is not is not uh all that big yeah he's not gonna and, back you down no and and you know for the last three or four years he's actually been a uh, an instrumental valuable piece of the of the warrior teams many of which were excellent teams so i mean i think there's a place in the nba for for robinson earl and he's showing that it was a, a fairly good, maybe not fairly good, a really good draft pick, second round. Uh, so he does some good things. I thought he played pretty good tonight. Um, and you're right, that, that that ability, I think he scored the first five points of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he had, uh, he had seven um, points really quickly. Yeah, so he does add some things. Um, that's part of the, you know, that's part of that uh, young brigade playing well. Uh, storyline so uh, so another another good thing to uh, to sort of uh, put your cap on tonight yeah you look at the the starting five the guy who had the fewest minutes among them Darius Baisley he only played 20 minutes tonight didn't play much in the second half Kenrich Williams was in the closing lineup at power forward you had Mike Mascala over Robinson Earl in the closing lineup at center and I don't know. Like maybe it was a look at okay, Thunder's not going to be in too many close games. Mark Dagnalt's trying to win. You have SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Kenrich Williams, Mike Mascala. Just to win, that might be the best five out there. If, you, if you're trying to win a basketball game, you'd have to probably look pretty hard to find a better lineup than those five guys. Um, Mascala, to me. Mescal's playing good basketball. Is he trying to get himself traded? I don't know. I thought he wanted to be here. He missed a but, big three late that, that could have made things yeah, I mean, interesting. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, he's going to miss that, but I mean, he's he's in there scrapping inside um, and uh, doing all kinds of things. And 
you know, Rube Williams is, we talked about him a lot, the, the things he brings. So you put him with the, with the three, what I consider the cornerstones, SGA, Dort, and Giddy. Um, you know, maybe that's, that might be the closing lineups on the night when, you know, you actually have a, have a shot at winning. My sense of this game was Dagnalt is not consumed with winning, which is a good thing when you have a team this bad. But when he's got a chance to win, like tonight, I mean, I think he's going to go for it. I don't think he's going to follow some sort of, you know, pregame rotation plan off the cliff. If if he's got a chance to win the game, I think he's going to go for it. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree. Um, what else? What else should we talk about? What What do you think of this Golden State team? So many have said they're one of the most intriguing teams in the league, and it all depends on what Clay Thompson looks like when he returns and and what percentage of the just elite knockdown shooter Clay Thompson is. What, how do you see them factoring into the West race? You know, I've heard some people really high on them. Somebody on the radio, one of our local guys, Mark Rogers or somebody, I can't remember, picked them to win the West. That seems nuts to me. Yeah, it's a little far for me. Yeah, it's like six years removed <laughs> from maybe one, you know, seven years. Let's see, 15. Yeah, they won it. They won it in 15 sort of with this core. Um, it's a long time ago. And I think they're a lot more of a, you know, sort of a push playoff type team. Um, I would be stunned if they avoid the play-in. I don't. I don't think they're going to finish in the top six. Okay, I, I like them a little better than that. I, I think Do they you? could be in that four or five. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm not, reading too much into the four and zero start, but they get the they get the thunder again on Saturday, so that'll be win number five. I just. Uh, you know, I think people are banking too much on Clay Thompson, who's a terribly, uh, you know, tragic injury story. But his return, his recovery is unknown. Draymond Green is a wonderful player, but he's lost a little bit. And I don't know that Steph Curry can carry a team just on the back of unbelievable shooting. I think he's he's still a you know superstar, one of the three or four best players in the league most valuable players in the league, but I just don't know that he can lift them into the into the land of, of the Jazz and the Nuggets and the L.A. teams and w- when they're healthy and those kinds of things. So um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not real sold on Golden State as a bona fide contender. Yeah, and I think there'll be factors in the trade market. They're just such a weird team because they've got all of these older win-now guys who have – had so much success in the past. And then you've got, you know, Moses Moody. Um, you've got James Wiseman. And you've got Jonathan Kaminga, who hasn't played yet because of an injury. Those are three guys who are all drafted very, very high. I mean, James Wiseman was drafted a hell of, uh, ahead of LaMelo Ball, which is sort of crazy to think about in hindsight. Like, <laughs> can you imagine LaMelo Ball on this uh, Warriors team? I mean, that, that would be fun. But it's like they're trying to balance – there, it's been well reported by uh, I talked to talked to our guy Anthony Slater tonight. It's been well reported by the Warriors media that Joe Lacob is trying to bridge this gap between the old guard and the new guard. But I I, I just don't see that working out really well. No, um, it's like you got to go all in with the guys you have now. 
it's it's tough to try to try to stay great and build for the future. Now, somebody like the Spurs were able to do it for twenty years. Yeah. Well, somebody like because they got like really the Ma- lucky at fifteen and landed yeah, a superstar. I mean, yeah, that's true. They also, you know, the Mavericks tried it and are still looking for their first playoff advancement since winning the uh, twenty eleven uh, championship. So um, it's it's tough, and you know, the Thunder was sort of able to do it. 10, 12 years ago because everybody was so dang young. They were both contending and building, just letting Westbrook and Durant grow up. But, yeah, generally you have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know what the Warriors ultimately are going to do. Um, You know, there's a lot of talk that Ben Simmons could find his way to Golden State. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know how he'd fit in. Find a a Bradley Beal trade. Yeah, they they have a, they have a good culture, so you know I mean uh, uh, they've got some options, no doubt about it. Um, uh, my general sense is they sure wish, um, they sure wish James Wiseman was Evan Mobley. That's my general, uh, that's my general sense of of where Golden State is. Holy cow, Evan Mobley is just <laughs> is. Playing yeah, so something. incredibly well for a rookie big. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's one that got away. That's one that got away from the Thunder. Been nice to have him. Uh, well, speaking of the guy they, they did draft at their slot, Giddy, Josh Giddy, do you think – so he's averaging 7.3 rebounds a game through four games now. Do you think he's going to average more rebounds than assists? Um, it's certainly looking like that for two reasons. One is rebounds are generally easier to get than assists for all but your classic point guards. And number two, he plays on a team of bricklayers. So, you know, he's he's going to make a bunch of good passes that result in nothing. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me. He gets in there and scraps. I saw that the other night when the Sixers with Embiid and and Draymond tonight, he gets in there and scraps. There's been a couple times he gets his own rebound and, and puts it back yeah. in. And That's right. He got stuffed. Somebody, yeah. Draymond or somebody, somebody stuffed him tonight, and he just grabbed it and threw it back in. He's got a really good nose around the basket for for the bank shots and those things. I'd love to watch him play. Golly, he's just he's fun to watch play. When he's big. I mean, he, he's like the size of a power forward, basically. He can use his body to, to get in there and get rebounds and – you know, Shea's rebounding numbers aren't what they were in his first year with the Thunder, but he's a good rebounding guard as well at six six. So they've got guys all over the floor that can uh, that can rebound the the OKC bricklayers. It fits in well with Bricktown, Barry. You might be onto something. Yeah, Bricktown, that uh, I, I need to get. I need to work that in somewhere. Bricktown. That's why. That's why they call it Bricktown. Yeah, <laughs> they don't call it Bricktown for nothing. <laughs> Um, I know you've been uh, working a lot of games lately, so we'll, we'll cut this one short because the, we've got a back-to-back, so this is going to have a short shelf life um, in the first place. But you have anything else yeah, to who's add? Coming to, yeah, who's coming into town tomorrow night? Oh, is, it, is, it the Bob, is it the Hornets or is it the Raptors or is it like uh, the, fighting the Kings Russell or somebody? The Lakers are in town? Oh, my goodness. The Lakers, you know, I had, I think I may have said this on the pod the other night 
one of the Thunder execs said this is the big game of the early season in terms of fan interest. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people apparently skipped the season opener or saved by their tickets for, for the Lakers. Um, it's a LeBron show, but it's also now the Westbrook show, and it's the Lakers. And, you know, it, 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 I don't know if you'd remember this. You were a kid uh, at the time. But when the Hornets were here, and uh, I can't remember if they came in for those two years, whether it was three or four times, but there was a more so than later in the Thunder years, there was a pretty big contingent of Laker fans who would come and, and cheer for the Los Angelinos against uh, against the hometown Hornets, um, and. You know, I, I, Lakers went dormant for all those years, fourteen to nineteen, or whatever, or thirteen to nine, whatever it was before LeBron returned. Um, but I bet, I bet the Laker fans are back in vogue. Um, I bet they're, I bet they're back in vogue here. In did they come in before the shutdown, before the Rudy Gobert game? Were the Lakers in town with LeBron that year? Like, I need to look that up. I need to look that up. I, I don't know if if has LeBron with the Lakers played in front of Oklahoma City fans. I don't know the answer. No, I don't think he. I don't think he has. They did. They did come through because I remember a really big Kyle Kuzma game. I think that was the. I think that was the twenty nineteen twenty season because that was my first year on the beat. LeBron did play in Oklahoma City last year, but with no fans. No fans. Yeah. Uh, the 19 and 20 Lakers, here it is. They came to Oklahoma City twice, November 22nd, and then January 11. So yeah, they were here, and so they they've had a chance to see LeBron. There he is. He played 35 and a half minutes, like always, um, in Game One. So it's uh, yeah, so they've gotten to see him. Um, I don't remember much about those games, but. Uh, definitely, the, there's there's an extra step, uh, extra skip in everybody's step when the Lakers and LeBron are in the building. Yeah, and Russell Westbrook. So yeah, yeah, and you're throwing in the Russell Westbrook capper. That's exactly right. Yeah, um, I don't know if LeBron's going to play though. He didn't play tonight in San Antonio. Um, so we we shall see. Maybe they're just sitting him for one end of the back to back. And also, Lakers are also playing a back-to-back. Again, this is this is going to be out of date, but we'll just we'll just say it because this is what's happening now. But the the Lakers uh, won at San Antonio on Tuesday night in overtime, so they're going to be playing the second night of a back-to-back after an overtime game. Maybe without maybe without LeBron. I'm not I'm not calling the uh, the Thunder over Lakers upset, but we'll see what happens. It's. Um... For somebody that sees the NBA currently the way I do, which is I want the evil empires to lose, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the two teams in L.A. plus the, the New York teams, nothing against the Knickerbockers, but I'm, they get lumped in. Um, You're a big Julius Randle hater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it's, it, 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 it'd be a nice one for the, for the Thunder to win, you know, help, help chop down the, the Laker tree, so... Um, they don't really match up well. 
Uh, they don't have anybody for Davis. They don't have anybody for LeBron. I, I think so, you can uh, save that line for every podcast this season. Yeah, probably so. But, um, you know, one thing that sort of gone, has gone under the radar is for many years, five, six years, when the Thunder played the Pelicans and then the year with uh, the Lakers, when they matched up against Anthony Davis, they actually had one of the better players in the league to go up against him as Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. So and they didn't have to worry about it. I mean, Davis had great games. You don't stop a guy like that, but you didn't sit there and figure out, well, who are we going to put on him? We got They knew who they are going to put on him. Now I don't know what they'll do. I mean, I wouldn't. Hey, Derek, Derek Favors is rested, Barry. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but Lou 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 Dort against LeBron James will be fun. That'll that'll be worth the price of admission. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right, Barry, we will wrap it up here. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast, and uh, we will be back on Wednesday night to recap the Lakers game and the uh, first home back to back, first back to back in general of the season. <laughs>